Episode one, a book shows how ancient Chinese imagined unknown world. Hello, and welcome to Stuff You Missed in Chinese History, in which we share fascinating and overlooked stories from the past 5,000 years. I'm Patrick Flannery. Have you ever wondered how the ancient Chinese imagined the rest of the world when they had no access to the internet or other information sources? With no reference point, they had to use their imagination, and they did so to such an extent that it put some Hollywood sci-fi blockbusters to shame. The ancient book, Classic of Mountains and Seas, or Xianhaijing in Chinese, has stories about human-faced beasts, nine-headed snakes, three-legged birds, people with wings, and monsters without heads, but with two nipples as eyes. Renowned Chinese writer Lu Chun once said that as a child, he wanted this ancient book filled with absurd ideas about the world. It's imaginative at heart, and it's the very first subject of this podcast series. We know that the geographical environment of China has the sea in the east and the plateaus and deserts in the west. Therefore, for people at that time, their knowledge about the world was mainly concentrated within this range. They believed that the whole world was a wave of concentric circles radiating outward with China as the center. That's why China, or Zhongguo, literally means the Middle Kingdom in the Chinese language. Compiled about 2,200 years ago and featuring more than 30,000 words, the classic of mountains and seas is a work of investigation and imagination. The monsters in it are strange, but why so many other stories? The answer, that part of the classic book was recorded inaccurately. The Shanghai Jing can be divided into two parts, the Shanjing, or Classics of Mountains, and the Haijing, or Classics of Seas. Compared to the mountains part of the book, which is mainly about Chinese geography, the seas part is chaotic and scattered and mostly unreliable. Research indicates that the book was written by looking at pictures. For example, there's a story about a woman spinning silk and a story of a black snake on a rhino. These were more likely to be picture captions. Scholars say that many stories in the seas part of the book are pictures featuring astronomy. However, the writers misread the pictures as geographic ones, causing a lot of mistakes. For example, one story, Kuafu Chasing the Sun, describes a giant named Kuafu who was always chasing the elusive sun. Because he was thirsty, he drank up the Yellow River and Wei River, but he was still thirsty. So he ran toward the Great Lake in the north, but he died of thirst before he got there. Scholars say this story should be about an astronomer named Kuafu, who tracked the shadow of the sun to record changes in its light throughout the day. Another well-known Chinese fairy tale tells the story of ten suns appearing in the sky, creating a deadly drought. To save the world, a hunter named Ho Yi shot nine of them. So where did these ten suns come from? Well, a story in the book says that the ten suns lived in a large tree on the sea, and each one would take turns illuminating the earth. One day, the ten suns all agreed to come out together, causing a severe drought. However, scholars claim an ancient picture of a large tree showed the sun's positions at ten different periods of the day. 
The writers misunderstood the picture, and they created the story of Ten Sons. The writers of the seas part of the classic book confused astronomical maps for geographic maps and created a pretty strange world. Generations of readers believed not only in these imaginary tales, but they created more stories to prove the authenticity of their fantasies. For example, Shanghai Jing featured a kingdom of women. After constantly evolving, this tale featured in the Ming Dynasty novel Journey to the West claimed everybody from the emperor on down was a woman. How is it that only women can give birth? Well, the book claimed they would drink water from the Zimu River when they turned 20 years old. After that, they would become pregnant and give birth to a girl in three days. The Monkey King's teacher, Tong Sung, and his younger brother, Chu Baji, both drank the water by mistake, and they became pregnant. In this way, many strange tales in Shanghai Jing have gradually entered Chinese mythology. On the one hand, the Chinese people have a tradition of admiring ancient books and accepting them as truth. More importantly, these tales about overseas countries helped Chinese people to determine their own value. Compare this to the aliens we see in Hollywood sci-fi blockbusters. They may be stronger than us humans, maybe use more advanced tech than we do, but very few aliens resemble humans or have the same feeling toward family or share a sense of humor. In these respects, screenwriters have helped audiences establish a sense of superiority. The function of Shanghai Jing for ancient Chinese people is similar. They believed that, compared with countries overseas, China was the most civilized. The farther away from China, the more savage and terrifying. The dark side of these overseas countries have, in turn, proved the value of Chinese civilization. So, when did the Chinese people learn about the real world? It was not until the end of the Ming Dynasty that the Italian missionary, Matteo Ricci, came to China and brought with him the latest world map. Since then, the imagination and rumors from early works like classics of mountains and seas have been replaced by geographical knowledge from the West. Now, we have much more than maps. Whenever a weird or strange story goes viral, there are many ways for us to find the truth. Seeing is believing, so it's good to fact check. To recognize the world outside of our own bubble, we should value a long-term exploration, communication, and equality. Only by knowing others can we begin to see ourselves clearly, lest we end up as human-faced beasts. Thanks so much for listening to Stuff You Missed in Chinese History. I'm Patrick Flannery. We'll catch you next time.